I'd like to welcome everybody to the Modern Sync Podcast. This is number six for us. We'll try and continue these on a more regular basis. And today we have on the agenda, we have Dwayne, which is myself. And then we have Tony Day, a.k.a. Taz. This is Vic, a.k.a. Excalibur FX. And this is Mike, a.k.a. Fluffy. How are you guys all doing today? Hope Doing fine. Good doing deal. great on my end. Good deal. Uh, you guys been keeping busy? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, anything uh, coming down the line? I know uh, I think Tony's got a couple things he's working on, but I don't know if those are private projects or something that he's doing for uh, other people. Oh, yeah, I've got um, doing a uh, just a paint job on a case right now on a uh, Silverstone FT-01 chassis that I'm just doing up to play with the airbrush, try to get a little skills in before I take on a challenge of doing one for a friend. But uh, basically, that and doing my web work, that's about all i got going. i got a couple little projects going on. I've got a, well, I'm doing one for the brother-in-law. I'm doing a Georgia Bulldog case um, mod on his. Just basically just a decal mod. And I'm not really going to put much into it. And then I'm going to be painting up a, uh, a case for a friend of mine, uh, I'm going to be trying to paint it up the colors of his Mustang. So I'm going to mod it out a little bit. Not nothing real fancy on it either. And then, of course, I'm also working on the uh, website that I've got coming up. That oh, maybe yeah. we'll talk about soon. Yeah. Uh, do you want to throw the name out there? Well, it's a, it's a site that's been been known on the Internet since 2003. It used to be a pretty well-known site, hardwirehelix.com. Um, it closed down about eight months ago. I was able to acquire the uh, domain name. Fluffy was a, a big part of the Hardware Helix site. Matter of fact, he basically, I think the last few years, kept the site afloat. I mean, he just basically posted all the news items and just, you know, he, he, was, he was a main icon of the site. So I'm going to rope him in. <laughs> Or <laughs> use him again. <laughs> well, that's but, kind of what we've done too for you right now. We've kind of roped him into helping us with the uh, the articles on the front page. We've already seen him, and he's doing a great job of that stuff. It's really helping out quite a bit. I thank you for doing that. Thank you, thank you. But I'm uh, hoping that um, Hardware Helix will. I, I don't expect Hardware Helix to be you know quite as big as as a lot of sites, but I'm, I'm wanting to bring it back. Um, and I hate to see the site just go to waste. And um, I'm hoping to bring it back to some degree anyway. And we'll, we'll just see what it comes from that, you know. I'm working on it. Slowly but surely, I'm working on it. Oh, it doesn't mean you're going to be leaving the modern things, are you? Definitely not. In fact, you know, we, we haven't talked about it, but, you know, I'm kind of hoping that um, Hardware Helix would be like a baby sister side or something. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what we, we, we kind of do that a little bit with Johnny Guru. Which I don't know if much people know that um, Taz Tony he's the one that actually runs that site. Yep, well, definitely a uh, challenge keeping up with two sites. I can tell you that. Yeah, um, talk a little bit about Tony. What do you guys do over there, at Johnny Guru? Well, Johnny Guru is a uh, mainly strictly about power supply reviews and, and power supply discussions. Um, you could look at that Johnny Guru as being like the being two power supplies is what your overclocking sites are to the, the overclocking field. Um, most of the guys there are well, very knowledgeable about their, you know, power supplies and what they like and dislike about certain versions of the power supplies. Um, I mean, it goes down to when we do our reviews on them. I mean, we do the full load testing with the Sun Moon 268 load tester. And then here recently we just made a, a few modifications to Jeremy's 
test that up to where he can increase his loads and go for a little bit bigger power supplies. But uh, hopefully here in the future we can upgrade to a, a little bit newer tester and, and start pouring it to it and kick out a little more than what we've been doing. We, I think we've been averaging maybe four or five power supply reviews per month. So it's it's been going steady. Yeah, that's actually quite a bit of power supplies, but I'm sure you've probably got more of a backlog than you can want to even talk about. But definitely it's a place you want to go um, if you want to look for, for power supply information. These guys go down to, I'll say, the gnat's ass of information. I mean, um, you know, power spikes and the waveforms and everything else that you could probably think of and don't even know about that uh, these guys go in-depth about and, and teach everybody. Uh, good. I was getting ready to ask, is, is it written in a way that somebody that knows little to nothing, like myself, would be able to understand? Yeah, um, as far as the, the forum members and the discussions in the forums goes, we've got a few pretty technical guys that hang out there, and, and sometimes it does get very technical. But for the most part, Jeremy's reviews, I mean, some people like him, some people don't. Uh, Jeremy's got a nice little knack of uh, throwing a lot of comedy into his, his reviews, and I mean, that's kind of what drew me to it. I mean, I, I love the way he writes, and um, he normally tries to keep it semi-low-key. He doesn't get, I mean, he'll tell you all the parts and what it all does, but he tries to keep it on a, a you know, an even playing field for everybody so, you know, the, the not-so-technical challenge people can get in there and, and be able to understand what he's talking about. But the technical guys can actually pull the data from it, too. Oh, great. Yeah, that really helps, especially for somebody like me. When people start talking about power supplies, it pretty much goes over my head. But I can I can read it and understand it. I mean, I know everything he's talking about, but at least it helps yeah. me uh, understand what what's a better choice for what I want. I, I like it when, when a reviewer of products, you know, kind of keeps it a little bit lighthearted so it don't seem like a robot's doing a review, you know. It's not just typing something out of a textbook and you don't get bored when you... When you read an review, you actually want to read the next page of the review just to see what he's got to say next. You know, it's, it's, it goes back to being in high school, you know, reading textbooks. And, you know, I'm sitting here, and, uh, oh, gosh, have I got to turn another page? <laughs> but when somebody gets a little bit of comedy in there, you don't mind turning another page, you know. So, you know, that, that makes it a lot better to me. Yeah, I, I'll have to agree with that. I like, um, I like more of the interaction of, like, if such as we're doing here, if we were talking about a product, that um, it's more of an interaction between us. We're actually talking about it instead of giving out all the facts, and which everybody do like. I mean, you have people out there that do want all the facts. I mean, there's the hardcore people that want to know, you know, how many screws are there or how many resistors or capacitors. But uh, like you said, just just reading something that keeps your attention and well, gets, it goes you, on to the next one. It makes, makes you, you feel like an actual human did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're being talked to instead of talked at. There you go. Perfect. And and just for example, you know, Jeremy's current review on the site that that's getting ready to, it'll probably go live tomorrow or Monday. The uh, review has a lot of references to pipe organs, for example, (laughs) because of the the specific name of the power supply. And, you know, and he, he just takes, you know, he takes one little nudge, uh, the name, um, description, whatever. And, and, He'll use that to fuel his entire comedy skit in the in the review, and I mean I love I mean I like I said there's there's been we've had quite a few people actually come back and say they don't like the style of review, but for the most part everybody loves it, and 
you know, Jeremy, like I said, you know, Jeremy does get technical at times, and you know, he actually he's one of the one of the few testers that actually takes the power supply, does all the cold and hot load testing, and then he'll turn around and break it down, unsolder all the component or not all of them, but unsolder oh, wow. the majority of the components from the board, give you a, a visual and explain each photograph that he's taken of whatever component. And then he'll actually put it back together and retest it to make sure it's still working. Wow. So, you know, it, it definitely has, you know, he, he's got a talent. I'll give him that. <laughs> and uh, for people who don't know, it's to get there, it's J-O-N-N-Y-G-U-R-U.com. No H in Johnny. So let's move on to the modding aspects of the stuff. Uh, probably what's been happening the last couple of weeks, I think everybody knows about who's into modding, is um, over at Extreme Tech. They had their modding competition. They had four weeks with a grand prize winner. And the first one, the one week number one, was called Dark Carbon. I don't know if you guys checked that out or not. Oh, yeah. I checked it out. I actually entered the contest. Didn't expect to win, but I actually entered. Yeah, I was surprised. Tony, how come you didn't enter? Well, you know, I've had, I've had several people ask me that, and it's... I've I've never really been one to pimp my stuff too hard. Um, I rarely post my my mods on other sites other than, than Modders Inc. Um, you know, I try to keep everything fairly local to, for me, as you know, keep it close to home. But uh, you know, Green Flame, that's the only one I got rolling right now. And the just besides, you know, I debuted it at Envision, and I've done a few contests with it, but not many. The uh, the grand prize packet, you know, for for the contest is something that I already own. I don't have a current mod. I got the one that I've been working on for like three years now. But um, <laughs> all the other mods I've gone actually have been for companies. Right. But um, I mean, it's not a bad looking case here. It's it's like I said, it's called the Dark Carbon, and uh, it says his quote is is it's a hundred percent custom made case entirely from carbon fiber. I choose to use carbon fiber because of its structural properties. It's lightweight, and it has eight sides, allowing me to showcase different parts of each side of the case. And it's definitely a freeform, out-of-the-box mod. Oh, absolutely. Right, I was looking at it, and I thought, well, it almost looks like a coffin at first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it looks like he's got a water cool. He's got a water cooling on the inside of it. Uh, it looks... Pretty tight on the inside. Yeah, it looks like he's only water cooling the CPU from what well, I see here. It's around a 280 or yeah, it's a 280 or a 285, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It looks like he's water cooling the North Bridge and the CPU. Yeah. Okay, he does have two loops or two components in there. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not much into the small form factor stuff anymore. But he definitely. I mean, gotta give the guy props. He definitely did come up with something unique. This is a pretty nice case. Yeah, yeah, I think I think it is. It's for my taste, probably a little too much of the of the red lighting on the outside, but that's just personal taste for me. I, I think uh, a little bit of, of the glow around the bottom would have been would have been really cool for for my personal taste. Okay. But it looks like it's definitely something that you could set out somewhere and use it like a, a home theater PC or even just on your desktop and a showpiece. It's yeah. Dry. Says there's 300 red LEDs. Wow. <laughs> yeah, definitely a little bright. That's our Christmas tree. Yeah. No <laughs> nightlight required. Yeah, no light. I wouldn't want to keep that in my room at night. I mean, they would never be able to go to sleep. 
Absolutely. Makes me think of a showtime down at the Las Vegas casino or something. Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Make you want to whip out those dollar bills out of your pockets. Oh, Lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, nah, we'll, we'll, it's nice, though. It really is. It is. It's very nice. We'll go off to, uh, let's see, week number two. The Ingram case mod. Looks like this guy, oh, an older gentleman, 54 years old. Um, looks like it's a wood, all wooden case. That he's made, and it's looked like an old style, uh, was it 1946 Stromberg Carlson radio design? Yeah. World War yeah. II era. I think most all of his cases are, you know, all custom wood type cases that he, uh, does out of, um, wood products. I mean, he just, he doesn't really, you would think that his cases are actually the product itself, but they're not. They're, they're designed from wood. I mean, they're just, they're made to look like the product and they're not actually it. Right. Yeah, I have seen quite a few of his other projects and you're absolutely right. I mean, the, the detail is very nice. I saw, I saw one of them at CES and it looks like something that was manufactured almost that you could buy. Almost that you would want to buy to have. To put into really? your stereo rack system or something, it, it looks really, really good up close. I've I've seen a lot of this stuff online, um, <laughs> but you know, I I would really love to see one up close and personal. I mean, I'm just that kind of person. I I, I would just like to see one up close and personal, just to see if the the deg- degree of detail is as sharp as it looks online. Oh, it is. It is. He he had yeah. one, like I said, he had one at. at CES and uh, very up close and touched it because <laughs> I recognized it right away. Wow, he does a most excellent job. Then I can guarantee you. Kind of reminds me of Zap Wizard's last uh, wood case that he done. Other than Zaps would be more fu- futuristic. True, true. Yeah, yeah, you're right because he did the uh, the iPod one, yeah. the wooden iPod, mm-hmm. and then the uh, the full wood case. Going off to week number three, uh, I think we probably recognize this one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this one was made by Will, and uh, Will's, Will visits our site quite often. And uh, it's the Cinemal Graph, Cinemal Graph, <laughs> HD. I can't pronounce it. HD case mod. Cinemal Graph? HD case mod. And uh, this one is completely made up made from the ground up uh, if you go on to actually if you go on to our, our site modersinc.com and uh, you look that up you will find a small link and he has a link to the video what he does is part of this is made for uh, doing high definition videos that's what he went to school for for, for videotography and I think uh, a film study and uh, this case was going to help him do the videos that he wanted to do, and he actually had a high-definition video of him making this case, and you can see it built from the ground up. Yeah, it's an excellent video, definitely. Well, oh, yeah. Yes. Excellent build as well. It's a fine job doing that stuff. Now, Dwayne and I had the, the pleasure of seeing it at Envision in firsthand, and just it's a masterpiece. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um he didn't win, but it was one of those that was very, very close there. 
um, yeah. He he looked at all the small little details. Um, don't know if he really pointed out here or not, but the bottom of the case actually has a pull-out tray that he can put his uh, keyboard into. I think his mouse can fit in there also. Right, right. So it's it's an all-in-one package, and it's got the double monitors. So you flip it open, you've got the two. And I don't know most people nowadays who can't live without dual monitors. I know I can't. Yeah, I can get by without them. And um, it's it's very very nice. I'd hate to lug that thing around, though. I, could, I bet it's got a pretty good weight to it. That's that's what I was just getting ready to ask. Does anybody know exactly how much it weighs? Because I see it's got the aluminum billeted material on the outside. Yeah. Well, I know how much green flame weighs, and it's pretty much constructed out of the same stuff, maybe a little heavier. And it alone is just phenomenal. And then trying to tag two monitors on top of it, I'd say it's got a pretty good chunk of weight. Oh, definitely. I mean, you can see he's got the big handle on the side there. Right. But I think he also kind of states that in there, that it was made for to be rugged and tough, to take it wherever you right. want it to go. But also the idea of of the portability of that and to have everything that you want, it's not a bad idea. I, kn- I know I've talked to him before, and he said that I think it was right after uh, InVision, and I think it got hit on the Engadget, that people were contacting him wanting, him, wanting them to build them just like that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, know he, I know he said he had had a couple, two or three people hitting him up trying to get him to build them, and his only problem is, is that... The location where he does does the builds like that is back home at mom and dad's, and with him being out trying to uh, get started on his career and everything, he just doesn't have the the actual tools and everything where he's at to do it. Yeah, so if you want to see a little bit more information about that one, um, you can go to modersinc.com and uh, search our forums, and you will find it, and then you'll find the link to his videos. The final case, week number four. And the winner of this one was called Dead Man's Chest. But that apparently has changed, from what I understand. Um, the rules did state that the case couldn't be more than a year old. And apparently the guy that built this case was out of the country. And he did, he was mistaken and didn't realize it or he didn't read it. And... Um, He's been disqualified. Right. It had to be submitted. The case, you know, had to be built before, I mean, uh, after 4-11-08. Correct. And his was built, you know, quite a bit before that. And um, he actually said that himself in the forum that, you know, he only read that it, you know, had to be built with, you know, the last year. Correct. You know, and then they come back and disqualified it. But they've yet to um, announce a winner. Um, I was reading here that um, that they're going to announce. Well, not, they didn't say they're going to announce one. That just that another winner would be chosen. But um, from what I've seen, they haven't announced a new winner yet. No, I'm sure they're probably thinking about it. Maybe uh, <laughs> maybe this time they're doing a little bit of research. Yeah, that's very well could be. Yeah, um, I mean it's it's a shame, you know. You get a great case, you know, great case mod entered in a contest and get knocked out by a woman rule, but right. you know, that's the way the cookie grumbles, I guess. True, true. I mean, 
they're in uh, they're in a contest that I haven't you know that I've seen online that that didn't have you know one or two questionable entries according to the rules and it just depends on how how strict they want the rules to be I guess. Yeah, um, yeah, and it's tough though. I mean, a lot of the really good mods out there are actually quite a few years old. And oh, I, yeah, I can see them trying to get the newer styles and the newer modders out there to participate. Because otherwise, well, you, you get to kind of the same ones winning over and over again. Yeah. I know one that could could win. Um. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh-oh. I know one that was entered that could, you know, I didn't say nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you said enough. <laughs> All joking aside, though, you know, I... <laughs> I hope they choose, uh, you know, a deserving winner. There are several out there. It was kind of, you know, I'm sure disheartening to those that, you know, had a an eligible mod to lose out to one that was ineligible. True. Would, yeah. You know. Yeah. True. But I'm sure it was probably hard for them. I don't know if they did any research to make sure, you know, every one of them was made before a certain date. But then again, we don't know that. Nobody knows yeah, that. I mean, some of these mods don't get posted. Oh, absolutely. That's that's one of the th- you know that's one of the first times I've seen them actually go by a, a specific date for the build even. And normally you get in you know the pictures got to be original pictures and you know be unique to the contest. So you, you if you previously entered a, a mod that you built and you used up all your pictures in that contest, then you wouldn't be able to enter the the next contest or whatever. But yeah, I've not seen too many of them actually throw a uh, build date in, you know, be built hmm. by this date or whatever. Correct. So out of the four that won, they had already, ch- or out of the four that they had chosen, they had picked one as a grand prize winner. I'm not sure what they're going to go back to do in week four. I don't know if that would change the outcome, or maybe they'll just leave it blank as, as week, week four. Maybe they just won't have a winner for, for week four. But anyways, the overall winner was was Will with his HD mod case. Oh, cool. Really? Yeah. I had yes. heard that. Oh, yes. Yeah, oh yeah, he won it. And he ended up he ended up winning um the Cooler Master case. Cool. That's the one out of all the uh four that I would have wanted was the Cooler Master case, the ATCS. I thought the Fallen Angel was the Grand prize. It is. He, but they're not letting him win the grand prize just yet. No, no. The the yeah. week four winner was the one that was disqualified. Right. Correct. Right. But Will, the one with the cinematographer, whatever you call it, I can't say it. Uh, he he won the grand prize out of the four previous winners. Right. He won the so, grand prize. Yeah. So he won the ATS eight forty case from Cooler Master, and he won the Fallen Angel. CSX case. Correct. Right. Yes. Yeah. And I think Tony, you have that exact same case, don't you? Yeah, I have I have uh what is it, number thirteen or number fourteen off the production line. And those are hand painted by Smooth Creations. Right. Definitely a, a great little case. Uh eh, you know, it's it's got its flaws, but that's more of you know, the cosmos design than anything. Doesn't really have a lot of airflow in it. Well, we'll switch our uh, our attention now to some lands, and we get some lands that are that are coming up. And uh, one of the good things about 
this is, it's, it's the Intel Land Fests. And they're having these all over the United States. And, uh, Intel started this a while back with what was called RIG. And I think it's expanded quite a bit now to an, an event that's happening all over the United States. Uh, before it was kind of limited, they were trying it out. But if you go to, um, landfest.intel.com, you'll get that page and you'll see what all the events are and there, uh, or maybe one locally for you and the prizes that they're having and the competitions that they're doing. Uh, CPU Magazine is being part of this. And they're part of the Landfest is that at each Landfest, they are doing a mod competition. And um, we're hoping that if there's anybody in Arizona or close to Arizona, they'd come down and check us out. Um, it's called Desert, it's called De- Desert Bash. And this is the eighth one that they've had. And this one. Now that's the the eighth for Desert Bash, but correct. Intel's not. It's only been in a, a few of them, right? Correct. The last yeah. couple of them that we've that they've had. Um, actually, the first one I believe that they had. They actually had it at the Intel manufacturing plant here. Yeah, I wouldn't mind attending one of those. I've, to be honest, only ever been to one land, and it was kind of small. That was at the Atlanta Land Fest. Oh no! If you get a chance, everybody should at least attend a land. Um, Online gaming the experience really has changed people from wanting to go to lands, but you got to have the interaction with the people. <laughs> you got you got to have that interaction, and that's 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 the best part of it. Especially if you're into, into some kind of competition, and you know you're sitting there and you're sniping somebody, and somebody's trying to hide, and you shoot them, and out of nowhere you hear somebody like 40, 50 feet ago, "Oh, you son of a!" <laughs> It it just the whole crowd will just laugh because everybody knows what just happened. Yeah, and and it's great. I mean, you get there, and a lot of these places will have um, other little competitions, or it's just the interaction with people. It's you got to have that. People are missing that nowadays. You're not getting yeah getting all that. Oh yeah, and plus you know you you look at the I mean, granted you know Dwayne and I are always talking about some of the bigger land events that that we attend, but you know you don't have to have to you know go to like a a large, you know, 500 plus person land, you know, you can hit, you know, 150 to 100 people and, and still be able to, to bring a few buddies over and then all of you can sit there and game together and just have a good old time. Uh, some of the best ones I've been to have been 10 people or less. You have it right in somebody's house. You, if you got a, if you got a switch or something, you all plug in, you order pizzas and you play for as long as you can until somebody passes out and the other guys keep going on. <laughs> yeah. I can, I can remember years back when, right before I started with the uh, previous site we was with Wang, making the uh, hour and a half trip up to my buddies with the computer and just setting it up on his desk and me and him sitting there going to town playing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Definitely good old times. I think we all ought to meet in a central location, you know, and have a a small land like maybe Fluffy's. Well, that's uh, well, you know, <laughs> we don't really have to have a small land because there is one coming up that we can attend right at Fluffy's front door. Pretty much, that's a uh, QuakeCon. Yeah, but we Quake could bunk right at Fluffy's then, couldn't we? Yeah, free hotel. Yeah, free hotel and lodging. How's that sound, Fluffy? <laughs> I'm sorry, but the number you've reached is temporary. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, well, 
Well, I've got a backup plan for that too because we we've got another guy on the team that we can go down and hit. We can hit Jaybird. Jaybird's in that area. Very oh, Lord. <laughs> actually, Tony, we we seem to know a lot of people that are from Texas. Yeah, Shel- actually, yeah. Dwayne and I. Sheldon's different. from Sheldon's from uh, Sheldon's twenty three from Austin, and we've got uh, Tech Daddy. I think he's from Plano, Texas. Yeah, I think that's where he's at now. I, he, I think he was originally from Austin as well, but moved to Plano. And then you got Zach Wedger, which is Austin. Um, several of the guys down there from the Austin PD, PC. Oh, I know somebody from Texas. I wouldn't mind going. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah. I ain't gonna talk about that. <laughs> hey, keep it clean, boy. Keep it clean. Mister <laughs> Mister Red. Mister Red. Yeah, a lot of those guys. Lancer. Yeah, they've got uh, the Austin Motors. They've got uh, what is it? Probably twenty or so. And their little group that that normally tries to uh, hit the big QuakeCon event. Yeah, actually, well, it's easy enough for them because, like, it is. It's basically in their back door. I mean, yeah. they may have to drive two or three miles, but uh, that's a lot better than the, the two-day trip that it takes for me to drive. But I don't know, Fluffy. Uh, you know, Dwayne and I've been we've been him hauling around about doing QuakeCon again this year. Don't know if we can pull it off this as close to it, but uh, you know, I don't know. You might hear somebody knocking on your door. Oh Lord, help! <laughs> <laughs> Set that burglar alarm, brother. <laughs> no, we've we've actually thought about that quite a few times. We're just trying to get um, a lot of people together down in that area. It just seemed to be kind of centralized, and just just to meet up, you know, uh, modders or non-modders or just people from from the website. Maybe someday we'll be able to do that. QuakeCon has a decent modding competition, which me and Tony has been trying to get into quite a bit to help them out. Uh, but they seem to want to keep it pretty tight in-house for some reason, yeah. that they don't want outside interventions. But we're just trying to be there to help. We're not trying there to take over or, or do that kind of stuff. We want to make sure that it's run right. And I think, uh, honestly, Dwayne, I think uh, our last show there, I think you and I put on a better show than some of the <laughs> case mod competition did. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah I, 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 mean, I know we gave away quite a few thousand dollars with a product ourselves. Yeah, we did. And then, wow. kind of good yeah, we did. We'll move away from that, and we'll go uh, talk a little bit about the website now. Um, we'll hit a couple of the reviews that we've done. The first one we'll talk about is the Patriot Extreme Performance. It's the Viper DDR3 6-gigabyte set. And Tony was the one that did the review on that. What kind of, any comments? Out. Yeah, any, any kind of comments on that, Tony? Or uh, Well, um, Patriot memory modules, uh, I'll tell you what, from for... My point of view, as far as modding goes, I think they're one of the better looking modules with the uh, heat sinks that they, the ACC heat sinks that they run on. Um, the as far as performance goes, uh, this set didn't really uh, surpass any major goals or anything. I mean, they they ran up to rated speed and and you know did everything they said they would do. Although most people that that's ran into these modules have said they've been great over clockers. I just couldn't get the get the performance out of them, and I can't say that it's the module's fault. You know, I could have something else going on in my system that's kind of hindering me. Um, the build's not that you know not that old yet, so I've not had much time to play with any other products on the i7 920. But I mean, overall, I mean, I, I could easily hit four gigahertz with the system with the Patriot modules in, and like I said, you know, set them to the XMP value, and they come right up at rated speed and. And run, um, you know, they're price-wise, they're right there in comparison with about every other six-gig set of modules, and you're really not going to get hurt either way. Sounds like a good deal. 
Vic, you did the one on the Thermaltake S. It seems to have been quite popular. Uh, one of the reviews. What did you uh, What did you like about that case? The Element S. Yes, sir. It was actually a pretty good case. Um, you know, there's a quite a bit of room for your hard drives. I mean, I like the design of it. I mean, for a modders aspect, the first thing that I mean, I know we're not really talking for mod for as far as the review went, but when I first saw it, a mod came to my mind. <laughs> One came to my mind too. I mean, just just looking at it, you know. Yeah, we had different mods, though. He he went one way and I went the other. But um, I've actually got a mod planned for that when I first seen it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it looks like a really nice case, and it's I would, I'd like to say it's got good some good features, but it's also it got a very nice blank canvas for a modder. Right, and the I tell you what I see looking at it, and right now I'm looking at a 32 Ford front end. Uh, oh yeah! Oh my and, gosh! Uh, that's Let what me I one got planned. <laughs> Let me one up. My initial thought when I seen that case, looking at the front of it, I saw the old eight n nine n Ford tractor. I knew that's what you was going to say, but now yeah. I see a thirty two Ford, and when I get through with it, that's what we're going to have. <laughs> see, where I'm not getting the thirty two Ford is, is it's too tall and skinny for the front end of a thirty two Ford. Not when I get through, it won't be. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, once I add everything to it, it won't be. <laughs> yeah. But no, the the element else, yeah, it definitely has a, a nice clean slate from a modder's point of view that you can play with. Um, I'm not sure how well it does on cooling. Um, actually, I, to be honest, I really don't recall reading the review. I mean, I know I read it, read it over and proofread it and everything, but... Well, I was kind of concerned with the cooling because the way the, the the front is, to be honest about it, it just the door itself, even though it has the cooling holes around the door, it's it just seems to to me that it's just blocking airflow unless you sit there with the front door open. Right. Okay. Um, of course, now a lot of people do that, you know, because they're going to be putting their drive, you know, stuff in and out of their drives. Cable management was fantastic with it. I mean, you, you got great cable management. The way the uh, hard drive, I'm not the hard drive, but the uh, motherboard tray comes out and bends a little bit right there as it goes towards the hard drive cage helps facilitate the cable management. Yeah, um, that that little feature is becoming about becoming normal on most chassis anymore. Getting to be a pretty popular design. I really liked. That's the first one that I've gotten. That has that, and um, I, I really like that feature. It really made a, a difference. Like I said, it, it's got room for up to seven, uh, three and a half hard drives, and then you got uh, also on the little removable uh, separator that that keeps the um, power supply basically separated from the motherboard area. You've got a place for two, two and a half solid state drives or two, you know, hard drives, uh, two and a half inch notebook hard drives. And, you know, that's a, a little extra added bonus to somebody that needs a lot of storage space. I mean, basically it could almost be a dead gum server case. There's so much stuff in there, you know, um, then it's got, you know, it wasn't mentioned a whole lot, but you know, I, I did the, uh, sniper, which had the little, added security feature. Um, the Element S has got a little bitty security feature that's pretty similar to the snipers too. It, it's got all kind of stuff. I mean, it's it's really a good case. I was real impressed. <laughs> I didn't mention it in the review, 
But I was really impressed with the front fan, to be honest about it. Um, and I'll tell you why. Broke the front. I broke, I broke a blade off of the front fan. Uh oh. <laughs> I dropped it while it was running. Yeah, I know. Uh, what'd you do that for? You're supposed, to work, you're supposed to work on that stuff when it's off. I, well, that's, you know that's how That's part you, of that Georgia stress test. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. it's, it's uh. a redneck thing. You do it while it's running. That way, if you get hurt, you, you well, never mind. <laughs> anyway. All right, let me, let me I, interrupt I the real blade off of Okay. All right, go which, ahead. Which, which fan is that? It's the front, 100 and, um. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm, wait, is it the new turbine looking ones they got? Yeah. <laughs> All right, go ahead. I, I got a little ad, to add to that afterwards. <laughs> I think it's a kind of a turbine looking one. I'm, I haven't. A little pointy tip on the end of it. Not I'm, really a coat one. I'll get you a picture. I'll have to look at the, look at it in the review somewhere or another. Because I haven't got it's the. It's got a fan grill in front of it and I couldn't tell for sure which one it was. I think it is because the blades are are turned a little different than um, the normal sand. Right, but it sounds like overall that you you're kind of liking it. So what was the, what's the story about the fan blades? Okay, so you're okay. Well, you're I'm messing not, around with it while it's running, which right, out there for I, everybody I, I to know. The not blade to do off. And when I knocked the blade off of the thing, I'm like, well, oh gosh, you know, I, that's just messed up. That's going to be horrible, you know. <laughs> Sitting there kicking myself, and so I'm going to have to buy another fan blade for it, you know. And uh, I says, eh, I ain't got time for this. So I stuck it back in there, you know, and went ahead with my review. And get, you know, I like to do my power on shots and what it looks like with a power on, see the lights running, all that good stuff. And so I turned it on, fully expecting to see this thing just basically jitterbugging all over the desktop, you know. And... um from the vibration coming from the fan, and, or and and hear the flutter that the sound is going to come from the case, you know, because of the vibration, and um, not a sound come out of it, and the case did not vibrate at all. Now we're talking about a plastic fan cage that is not bolted in; it's just stuck in, so it's kind of loose mounted. Okay, mm-hmm. we're talking a broke fan blade that's out of balance now. And if you holding it, you can feel the vibration of the fan, but it did not vibrate, did not make any sound in the case, did not do anything, completely silent. Wow. I no, was I, impressed. Yeah, I've, I've had some where the fan blades are broken off, and the, the damn thing would just sit there and just rattle. Yeah. I, I mean, it just... I totally expected a mess. <laughs> well, coming from... Coming from a previous experience with balancing fans, and I'm not talking anything up to six, twelve foot fans. The uh, one thing that might have helped it is is the, the low RPM. Um, True. It might not might not be at that just the right RPM yet. Uh, so you I might not be. notice as much as much uh, vibration out of it once you know once it's mounted. Um, plus, you got to take in consideration those are plastic fans. I uh, I know they do try to balance them pretty close, but after you know taking thousands of fans in and out of computer cases, you I mean we all know that it brand new and they they vibrate. So it's it's just a matter of having things just at the right speed and, and catching it kind of lucky, I guess. Right, but you know, like I say, I I was kind of concerned about the airflow a little bit on it. You know the, but it's overall it, it seemed to have 
from what I could tell, decent airflow. You know, now, well, I mean, as far as testing it, it you know, with, you know, thermal testing, I, I didn't do any, so I couldn't tell you. But the front door, you know, had me wondering. Yeah, but it, well, you know, I, I can concur with you on the front door because the uh, the fallen angel case that we was talking about, it's basically um, closed up front door like that, but there's no ventilation behind that front door. Well, one of the modifications I did to my fallen angel case was put a fan in behind that front door. And and it definitely does restrict the airflow. But, you know, me not having a fan there as to me having one with re- restricted flow did make a difference. Right. That and huge fan got, up uh, top does help pull on through that, though. Yeah, and plus you got the people are totally ventilated from top to bottom in the front made a big difference, too. So it looks like it's got uh, vented at the bottom so your PSU can pull your intake from the bottom. Right. So yeah, Another, I mean, it should be satisfactory on airflow. You got access for two 120s in the front, one 120 in the rear. What's that, two 40s or two 60s below that 120 in the rear? Um, two 60s, I think. I can't remember. I think it's I'm, two 60s. I'm skimming the review now because I can't remember either. Yeah, I think it's two 60s. Looks like 60s. Um, yeah, two 60s. Now, I don't know about this. The, I've never had much luck with them 60 millimeter fans myself. Well, you know, the, the old adage is anything's better than nothing. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. true. Yeah. That's true. I, 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 now, if we want to, I, I really like the fact that they put a lot of black. They, they, they followed out throughout the entire case with the black. I like that. I don't like these if they're going to paint part of it black and leave the rest of it one color. You know what I'm saying? They, they done good there. But the one thing that I really hate to say anything negative, but, you know, with such a good case, why put anything cheap on it? <laughs> right. You know? Right. And I, I hate to even say anything negative, but I, I had a problem with the uh, the feet and the punch-out slots. For the PCI slots, those are two of my biggest quirks. I mean, I just I have a problem with those things, especially yeah. on a case that's worth more. Oh yeah, I, mean, I, I can definitely concur on the the punch out PCI slot covers. That's I, I mean, you're going to do it. I mean, it, it's not going to cost you but a few cents more to go ahead and put the removable slot covers in, and and because you know we we all change hardware normally once right. or twice before we get rid of a case. The reason I had a problem with the, the feet is, is, you know, they went through the trouble of, of putting the anti-vibration stuff in this case and um, actually mentioned it. <laughs> and um, then they put these little plastic feet on there that when I picked this case up, you could actually hear the something rattling. I'm like, what is rattling? You know, flipped it over, and it's the feet. The, now, the feet were rattling to your desk, or they was rattling to the case? Rattling to the case. Wow. Well, that's, so, that's, yeah. that's sucks. There's, there's no way that to tighten it. You know, and right. the, the desk I actually had it on has got plexiglass top on it, and you could just touch it. <laughs> and it skated across it. Well, no. Yeah, so probably if they would have, let's say, more of a rubber feet on the bottom of it and just the regular uh, 
PCI covers, you know, where you can screw in and screw out and take them out, the case probably would have got, what, a 9, maybe maybe even closer to a 10? Yeah. I mean, I, I would have upped the score. I'm serious. And it's not just, it's not just this, it's not just Thermaltake. Okay? It's other companies that I've reviewed that's done this. Um, they've got a big problem with doing this. And they take a, a nice case. I'm reviewing the case right now. I'm, and, and, and they've done the same thing. A case that's worth putting rubber feet on and putting screw-in slots. Well, I mean, to me, that, that should be a, just a bare necessity for any case. Regardless of shape, size, or cost. Well, I mean, why make your customer go look for it? I'm guessing they probably have a a cost idea in mind, you know, making the yeah. product, and then that's what they're going for. That's a couple things that they figure they can maybe cheapen up on it. But uh, you, but the overall that. experience kind of cheapens it. I mean, it does. I mean, it could be a a $300 case, and like you're saying, um, Vic, you get little punch out covers. It almost, um, let's say mentally, says, ooh, this is a cheaper case. It just cheapens yeah. the overall. It makes you, it almost puts you in the state of mind that you don't want it no more. Right. Right. Well, jump, I don't know. jump back to that fan real quick, Vic. Um, look at the link I just sent you in the bottom of Skype. Dwayne and I was just talking about a little issue I ran into the other day. Okay. Is that the fan, but all black? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it is. Okay, that's... And then you know, I, I got the the uh, one of the Speedo advances sitting here. That the uh, it's very lightweight. The blades were very thin. Yeah, and that, that was one of the reasons I kind of thought, well, maybe that's helping the vibration. The blades are kind of spreading out a little bit. Yeah, what I ran into with them that Speedo has two of those on the rear of the case, and I don't know if it was a fluke or what. But when I when I set up the the speedo with my E eighty four hundred hardware, I first fired it up and got it running. I had it up for maybe three or four minutes, and I started getting getting a nice little burnt plastic smell. And I mean, immediately I shot it down and, and started trying to find where my smell was coming from, thinking you know maybe the motherboard shorting out or something, and or I got a wire somewhere or something, and pulled the thing all the way down three times, still couldn't find it. Never thought for the life of me that maybe one of the fans was doing it. Well, the last time I pulled it down, I got to those last two fans, and I just started unhooking one fan at a time and pulling them out. And those two, those two fans, both are what was putting off the burnt smell. Right. So Dwayne and I would, you know, we like I said, we were just talking about it. We don't know whether it's, you know, maybe they're they're exceeding the the limits of the the motors because I mean. That fan's got a smaller hub than most other fans of its size, so it you know potentially could be could be pushing the uh, the motor itself to handle a blade that size. Well, it could be also you notice the curvature of the blades, mm-hmm. how how they've changed it to gather more air, to push more air, right. Um, that's putting more stress on that motor too. That's actually what we talked about. Yeah, it, being said, it's, it's it's a smaller overall compared to a standard 120 millimeter fan, and the fact that it's got the the more aggressive blade design to get the higher CFM airflow, right. definitely very well could be the possibility. Because I mean, I even the the V9 that I'd reviewed a while back, 
I just recently set up a system in it for my brother, and I didn't notice it on it at the time that I reviewed it. And after I'd set up the, the system for him, I'd went over to the house, and it's got one of them same fans in it, but it's got the red blade. And I'll be damned if I didn't walk in the room and have that same friggin' smell. Well, I didn't get any smells off of mine, so the red one may have more RPMs than the black one. It may yeah, be my, trying to spin it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. More revolutions, so maybe that's the difference. Because I didn't get a smell on mine. Yeah, I, I, like I said, I didn't notice one on the on the V9 when I reviewed it, but as soon as he had it sitting in his room with you know the room all closed up, as soon as I walked in it, I could smell it. Now, did he did he replace the fan or did he keep the one that you smelled? Uh, he's still running. He won't replace it until it burns up and calls me to bring him another fan. <laughs> But you don't think that's going to be causing any problems, right? I mean, it's just that maybe it's just the smell of the fan? Yeah, I, 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 I don't, uh, I mean, nothing looked like it was getting hot. You know, it wasn't getting the wires hot. The, the motor didn't feel like it was getting hot. So I don't know if maybe, you know, you know, like we said, there might be a coating on it or something that's heating up and the smell will go away after a little while. True. It could have been a production yeah. run, you know. I mean, sometimes I've come across the same thing where uh, you'll, you'll buy something and it's not quite quite right and then you go back or you buy a second one somewhere yeah. and it's like like a whole different production run I find find it quite often in the parts that we we buy for it where I work at yeah, and, and you can you can run into it on just about anything take your car and get a new exhaust put on it you know that first day you pull it in the garage you, you're going to yeah. get an odor off of it because it's burning all the oil and everything from the guy's hands right, right. off of it and then you know a couple of weeks well, down the road, coat it with stuff too they coat the, the metal with a little all too. You've probably run into that, haven't you, Fluffy? Oh, you bet. We uh, we use all kinds of coatings and stabilizers and chemicals and all that kind of good stuff. And it always varies varies from you know batch to batch or you exactly. know, production runs. Well, we'll jump off to the next one real quick here. Um, we'll try and get through this a little quicker now. Uh, we'll go over to the Jetway uh, motherboard that I reviewed. It's a small form factor, really small. It's a they like to call it an IPC, or a lot of people also know it as the um, ITX. It's a very small form factor. It's, it's quite compact. It's got, these typically have just about everything on them that you can think of, because they don't want you to have to add any external parts. Overall, it's a nice little motherboard setup. It's got, like I said, everything you can think of. It's got the, the, the Atom uh, 270 processor. Uh, you're able to put up to 2 gigs of RAM in this. Uh, you got your serial ATA setups. You can put uh, an IDE drive onto it. Uh, it has no fans on it, which makes it uh, quite good for an HTTP setup, which is nice and quiet. One of the things I didn't particularly like about it was that it had an, uh, a PCI slot. Not a PCIe slot, but a PC, PCI slot and that kind of limits you to what you can get as an add-on I mean more people are going to the PCI uh, e slots for video cards and there are some audio cards out there like that right but overall uh, the performance was 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 decent I even did some testing with some um, high definition videos and it did have a little bit of problem with the uh, the, the 1080p uh, there was some stuttering and it didn't even like to actually play it Back to tell you the truth, but mm. doing the doing the 720, uh, just about flawless. 
Really? Yeah, just and just a. Matt, do you think if you didn't had increased memory, it'd help you out on your 1080p? No, uh, I think if I would have been able to put uh, a video card that does onboard processing of the high definition videos, it would have taken all that away. Because uh, because a lot of them that you do now, like the Sapphire cards, they'll do actually the, the upscaling on the cards themselves. Right. And I think it was having a, a problem doing that. It was just trying to play the videos straight through, and the chipset's not designed for, for the 1080. Like I said, for the 720, which would have been, you know, a few years ago, probably standard, um, perfect. A DVD rip, couldn't tell the difference, but it was just a 1080. Huh. Uh, it does have the the onboard audio. Uh, like I said, it's, it's got everything on one, and you can use it for multiple things. You can use it for, like, a desktop, or you can use it for a home theater PC, or if you have a special projects. So they've got yeah. the, com- the COM ports, and it's got uh, the um, the parallel ports and everything else you can think of on this thing. Now, the uh, the Atom processor, that's equivalent to what's coming in the, the uh, most of these little note- netbooks now. Absolutely. The EEE and, and whatnot. The Acers, the Spires, all of them. It's all within the same family. Some of them do have uh, dual cores in them. Some of them don't. There's the ones higher, lower. Yeah. But, but the overall performance was, was very decent, very decent, and I would definitely recommend it for a standard uh, home theater PC system. Do you think that if you were to put something like a, a PCI, just a regular PCI video card in it? If, I think if you went with the ATI All-in-Wonders or something mm-hmm. like that, what is that, a, a hopodge? If you put yeah. one of those, maybe that way you can get your ulcer, you get your, uh, your your TV tuner into it. Right. Um, it might be a different story. I did not have one of those to test with that. But I also think that if they would have increased it to the PCIe, they would have had more of a bandwidth, and um, I think more cards would have been more compatible with it. I mean, out of all the cards that I have here, I did not have a video card that I could stick into that, unless I went back five, six, seven years. Yeah, that would be a Is there anything from the manufacturer that's saying they might consider going to PCIe? No, I did not see any of that. This is their latest board of this form factor. Um, my guess, probably not. Not, not too soon yet. Because I think they're trying to get it more for um, an overall... Of, of everybody can use it. It's not only set for people who do like a home theater PC or a small form factor, but like those um, kiosks or something that you see somewhere. Right. That's why it's got all these extra connections on there. There's actually connections on the board, I believe, that you can put an, uh, an LCD directly into there if you have a controller board, and you can run it right off the board itself. Well, um, not to interrupt you here, but I'm looking at their latest one they're showing on their website, the NF93. Monta Vina, and it shows having two, uh, hang on, let me, I might have jumped again. Yeah, they need to work on their site a bit here. Uh, a little bit. Now they do have some, uh. Yeah, they have one mini, mini PCIe Express by one 32 bit. I don't know why they're calling it a PCIe. Yeah, one oh, PCIe Express mini, which is a 1X slot, and then they have the regular 32 bit PCIe slot. Right, but th- this is not the one that has the, um, the Atom processor on it. Now, if you look at that, the for the right, core, that's core two, core two duo. Right. Yep. He did the uh, the ninety four series, right? Yeah. Yeah, which has the 
integrated atom processor onto it. Yep. Now look at it. Look at it this from a price-wise deal. Is this a good deal for somebody that's new to this, or would they do better trying to build something for themselves? As an all-in-one, I mean, if you thought about it, if you went out and you bought a, a processor, a motherboard, um, audio setup, probably cost you a little bit more because it does have the video card built into it. It does have the audio built into it. Um, the processor is already built into it. The RAM did not come with it, but but it is upgradable to two to two gigs. Mm-hmm. Um, for somebody who doesn't want to try and put all that together or have the hassle, definitely a good buy. I would say if somebody yeah. wants to try and come up with something like this, probably has some of the hardware laying around that could be equivalent to this, but you're not going to get the small form factor size. You're right, talking right. that this thing is 17 centimeters by 17 centimeters. Uh, and normally the, the the guys that mess with the mini ITX stuff are guys that are trying to cram a computer into something that's not really meant for it, or, or trying to get a you know build a, a compact computer for the for the car. Right, car computers, or somebody like I said, a home theater PC or, or a good desktop. They're not going to try and take this one and play uh, you know Left for Dead or you know <laughs> Crisis Two, right. you know, or or you know Far Cry Two, and definitely not not meant for that to be. Now you could, you could take something like this and build you know like Twain said, you could build a desktop PC with it and. And and use it, you know, something for the kid to use for school or something like that. Right. Right. But yep. definitely, gaming's not a not a good trend. Well, this this looks really attractive to to something somebody like me who's not really just learning how to do some things, but maybe I want something like this, but I don't have the time to build it myself. Correct. Uh, it, it looks right. it looks really simple. It looks like it it you know would be really worth checking into. Yeah, definitely when it when it's got the built-in processor, like the one that Tony pointed out that has the PCIe, uh, that does not come with the processor, but it does come with everything else on there. I mean, you've got uh, you've got the video, you've got the USB to, you've got the the HDMI, uh, the DVI's out. Um, it it really has all the connections you need. And that's what's really nice about the small piece. If you, if you, whatever you want to hook it up to, you can basically can. It's all in one. With that, uh, we'll try and go off to the, another subject here, which everybody's probably been aware of and talking about, is uh, Windows 7. And it has come out, and probably most everybody's, I think, at least downloaded it. I don't know if they've installed it <laughs> out there, but I'm sure everybody's grabbed a copy of it. I've installed it, and you know, but I haven't really installed any uh, extra programs with it. Why is that? Did you just kind of take a look at it, or? Yeah, I installed it just to take a look at it, and you know, kind of smooth through it. And um, I installed the 64-bit. Um, it seems to run fine. I mean, I've you know played around with the internet some with it, and. Um, you know, put my uh, antivirus software and all on it. But as far as, you know, loading up any of my other stuff, I haven't done that yet. Um, it looks fairly decent. looks nice. Um, it doesn't really have the, uh, I don't know, it's, it's a kind of a different feel to it. It's kind of almost like a, uh, I don't know how to put it, kind of an old, new feel both at the same time. Well, it's very similar to Vista, which probably maybe maybe be the old feel. 
but it's got a lot of newer features into it that a lot of them you have to go into to find out about. I would almost say that it's it's Vista finished. <laughs> I like that. I like that. It's it's what Vista should have been to begin with. Correct. Yeah. How, how, how do you classify XP then? <laughs> well, you know, X- XP is XP. Yeah. I never considered XP to be finished. XP is what it is, brother. I mean, that's that's just all it is. Well, you know, XP was quite a big jump from 95, I mean, 98, if you think about it. Oh, definitely. I mean, quite, quite the jump. XP is M-E finished. (laughs) It's done. It's baked. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even call XP anything related to M-E, oh my goodness. (laughs) M-E had to be the worst friggin' OS they ever created. I thought he was going to say, what about Bob? Oh. <laughs> what about Millennium? Oh, ooh. Oh, that'd be Emmy. Yeah. That yeah, was, that, I'm sorry, yeah, that was the worst piece of crap they've ever made. Yeah, that was Horde. Besides, I've actually, I've besides actually got Bob. I've a computer in the basement with it on it right now. Do you really? Yep. And it runs. Yeah, you are from that era, aren't you? Horde, <laughs> yeah. That'll explain the no, your other left. Yeah. I can't help it if you're dyslexic. Quit shooting me. <laughs> well, I've actually downloaded the and installed the beta, the first beta release of this or Windows Seven. I uh, did download the the RC client for Windows Seven, but I haven't installed it yet. Uh, I think um, if you do, you're gonna you're, you're gonna find out that um, it's. It's quite, quite good. I mean, for people out there that are probably still running XP and would like to try Windows 7, definitely do it. I, I, I think uh, I would do the dual boot first, or you can run it into a virtual machine first and get the feel of it. But those of everybody who's probably in Vista probably are not going to upgrade to it, would be my guess, until they're, they're forced into it. Yeah, yeah I, I've recently heard that uh, quite a few people are recommending that anybody moving moving up from XP not even mess with Vista to, to wait and go straight to Windows 7. Absolutely. Right. I would, too. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And if you are going to put Windows 7 in as your main operating system, uh, they've also said probably the best thing to do is, is do a clean install. Don't do the upgrade, which is understandable because it is still a beta, even though it is a release candidate. Um, it's not going to work flawlessly yet with the upgrade. There are probably going to be a few issues here and there. But what kind of price do you think we're going to be looking at? You know, they've been talking about it, and they haven't really come down with one that they're wanting concrete yet. Um, but again, I, I heard there are going to be multiple versions of it. Right, right. Uh, as a matter of fact, on the website, modersinc.com, you can actually see some of the artwork on one of the news items. The articles have come out that they're showing four different boxes. I don't know if that's what they're going to end up with as the final version, but at the moment there's four. Yeah, and I've heard there's even possibly even more than that, but some of them that we won't see here. Um, I guess there's a version that they have been selling that's overseas that's really, really kind of stripped down. Right. That they gave away for, oh, like 30 or 40 bucks. And that that might be 
also the kind of version that they would put on to uh, netbooks. Because I guess it, what it does, it limits you to only being able to open three applications at a time. Right. Ouch. Well, what you're thinking, if, if, you're on, if you're on a netbook, your screen's only 8 to 10 inches big. You really don't want to get any more than that anyway. Right. I don't think I can go a day without not having at least more than three of them. <laughs> right, but you're. But if you're on a full-size machine, if I'm on anything, <laughs> I'd be trying to open ten pages with my cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> well, good luck on that one. For those folks listening that haven't heard, the uh, release candidate is now good until June of 2010. Yeah, that's that's actually right. It, it, that's incredible for them to put that out, and then you can actually play with this for over a year before it actually expires. Yeah, and that is the, the release candidate. It's not the beta, but the release candidate. Right. And you can get that where? Where can you get that at? Uh, Microsoft. I think you can get it right from TechNet. TechNet. Oh, okay. Uh, TechNet. TechNet.com, I believe. You can download it right from them. Oh, that's right. Now, um, being said, all right, yeah, it's good till June 2010 before it expires, but the uh, starting of March, doesn't it go into the two-hour shutdown? Yes. I mean, I don't know if most people have read that, and I, I just heard about it myself when we were talking about it the other day. It does go into, every two hours goes into a, a shutdown. It says that it is going to be shutting down, um, which is kind of good. I mean, you still you're gonna. If you think about it, you're still getting ten months out of a fully operational OS, and that they're giving you three months ahead of time, saying, "Hey, you know, you need to get your stuff off of here because you need to go back to what you had if you had an original copy of Vista or upgrade to, you know, Windows Seven instead yeah. of instead of like you know two days before. Hey, guess what? You know, boom, it's gone. Yeah." <laughs> I'm curious how they're going to handle the when when the June 10 expiration date comes. Are they going to make you purchase the software, or would you just purchase an activation code of some type? You know, I've been thinking the exact same thing. I I bet this is just a guess on my part that you're going to be able to do enough updates, have it almost probably a release candidate or what they call it, an RTM, and you can just purchase a key. Now, I was thinking I read somewhere that you're actually going to have to do a complete reinstall. Back I, up your data, reload the OS, the, the retail OS, and then throw your data back in. I, I don't know. I'm going to have to do some digging or read up. Yeah, I I'm, I'm willing to think that they might change that, though. Because you would think if you're going to have almost an entire year to play with this, install whatever it is you want on your machine, and basically get comfortable to the point that, oh, my God, I have to have this when it expires. Exactly. And the idea of, okay, now start over again. I would just think it would be just a great marketing ploy on their end to go ahead and have some kind of, some kind of key or something to go ahead and purchase what you already have. Because yes. you know it's going to be irresistible for folks not to go ahead and put all their stuff on, even though the warning is there, don't put your primary stuff on here. People are going to do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
they're going to make it their primary, you know, <laughs> operating system. So yeah. all their stuff's going to go on here. Absolutely. And I would agree. I mean, if you think about it, it would be perfect for them. It comes up and it says, by the way, hey, this thing's going to be shutting down, but you can buy, you know, an activation key for, let's say, 80 bucks or 75 bucks. And you don't have to deal with anything of reinstalling all your software, transferring right. all your data, or doing this or doing that. Man, I bet you that would just fly off. People would just paying that up easily. Oh, easily. It's it's just like a drug, you know. You get a person hooked, you get them. <laughs> sorry to say, you know, you give them you give them a couple of samples. But now they got to come to you for what they want. Okay, yeah. this is this is off of the the fact for Windows Seven. I'm getting this straight from Microsoft.com forward slash Windows forward slash Windows dash seven website. Um, can I upgrade from the RC to the final version of Windows seven? When you install the final version of Windows seven, you'll need to do a clean installation. So plan on backing up your data, then reinstalling your applications and restoring your data. Uh huh. And they also said that they weren't going to be re- releasing Windows seven until maybe beginning of next year and now it's probably planned it sounds like probably september or october well actually acer i think already said that they have computers coming out october 23rd with windows 7 on it just in time for the shopping season you bet season yep yep i'm just just repeating what i read oh yeah (laughs) just like the video games i already know what i'm christmas season i'm sorry I already know what I'm going to do. Unless Windows 7 has a must-have feature, I just started using Vista 64 in December of last year. So I'm probably not going to immediately update. But what about you guys? Well, didn't didn't you say you wasn't going to do the Vista bit either? That was well, a miracle to get him to do that. <laughs> I looked into a... Long story short, I lucked into a $2,000 machine for $400, and it came with Vista 64. So one of the one of the good things about it is I didn't go through any of the heartache that a lot of people did with Vista. When I fired it up, I had to do Service Pack 2, which fixed, I guess, what all the complaints that everybody had when it initially came out. I still had to learn from XP to Vista. That was a big jump for me. I couldn't figure out where the Explorer button was for the longest. <laughs> but uh, you know, but he had a had a fun time just prior to getting that. Vista. Telling me every day, it's Vista, it's Vista. That's right. what's wrong with it. It's Vista, it's Vista. <laughs> yeah. Now but he yeah. calls me up and says, "Hey, you got an extra copy of Vista laying around?" Okay. <laughs> But I, but I know that, that since I've only been using Vista for five months, Windows 7 for me, unless there's just some must-have feature, I'm probably not going to update. Yeah, now, probably the same with me. I mean, to tell you the truth, I can, I can tell you right now, the deciding factor for me from going from Vista to Windows 7 would be the price. Exactly. Because playing around with with the beta and the RC, there's not that much difference in the GUI. I mean, there is some, and farther down in the actual, some of the, the features that they've, they've coming out with are really nice, but it's going to be the price point. Yeah. Yeah. That's, well, you know, what, what you and I run into, Dwayne is more so of a pain than what, than what, uh, like Fluffy or Vic's gonna run into is we change our hardware so often we run into the activation crap and, and all that 
garbage that way is, too often. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it, for me, it, it's nothing to, to have this rig running that I'm on right now. Today and tomorrow, it might have a different processor, different motherboard in it, different video card, and, and so forth. And as soon as you do that on, on pretty much any of the OSs now, you got to freaking call up MSN and say, hey, you know, I changed my hardware, blah, blah, blah. I'm beginning to get to that point. Oh, we. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's quite the pain in the butt. But still, I mean, them to offer this for the next 10 months to a year is unbelievable. Yeah, I, I, don't oh, yeah, think, I think it's unprecedented. I, don't, I can't think of anything that's been done like this before. No, and it, and it does seem to be running a little different now that uh, Mr. Gates is not in charge. <laughs> oh. You know, so I think there might be a different uh, different thought process of how they do things. I think they want to please some people. The times are evolving. <laughs> yeah. They're wanting to make up for some <laughs> mistakes in the past, if we want to put it that way. Um, try to smooth things over, make people come back that, you know, might have walked away to Mac. Yeah, and Vista was one of those that, that did. Uh, yeah. It really kind of wasn't, I think, wasn't really totally their fault. I mean, it was a complete rebuild. And then some of the issues that they were having were the drivers, and that a lot of that falls back to the people who manufacture the hardware that weren't willing to to update or, or rewrite their their drivers to work with Vista. Right. And um, that was part of most of the issues on that, well, especially I, the, I, the older hardware. Yeah, I mean, out of out of all the OSs I've ran over the years. I had a lot less problem going to Vista than I did going to XP. I mean, yeah, I, I ran into some stuff on Vista where I had driver issues here and there, but I mean, it wasn't nothing. That, a couple hours of doing some researching, you couldn't solve. But uh, hell, back in the day when XP came out, I there was a lot of stuff I couldn't get drivers for for the first three four months. Yeah, Vista was the same way, I think, and it just got the bad rap. Oh, you don't want to go to that. I still have people today right. asking me, ooh, do I really want to go to Vista? I said, you know what? Yeah, actually, I, I cannot tell you the last time I, I've, I've ever had a blue screen. Right. Uh, unless it's something that I've done to it myself, like trying to overclock or do something crazy. Right. Normal, everyday basis, I can't tell you the last time I've seen one of those. And, and like I said, I've been blessed. I just started in December. With Vista. And so I missed all the drama that everybody was having as far as, you know, this won't work with this, this won't work with that. Uh, well, the only thing I came out with is I, li- I used to like to use Zone Alarm as a firewall, and they don't support Vista 64. That that was the only thing that I've had of everything I've installed on this computer. That's the only issue I've had with it. So if anybody were to ask, I'm happy with Vista. Which is too they bad. They are working on Zone Alarm, though. They are working yeah, on Yeah, they are, but I've already found another free firewall that I like better than Zone Alarm. So. <laughs> oh, you did? What's that? What is it? Komodo. C-O-M-M-O-D-O. They have a, let me use a big word here, plethora wow. of, free, of free products from uh, malware, uh, antivirus, their firewall, but their firewall is probably the most, uh, I don't want to say it's intrusive, but it's the most informative firewall I've ever used. I've never had a firewall tell me that some program is trying to rewrite the registry. Yes. And what's a, what's, what's a firewall? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lord. Well, you know. He's from Indiana. And don't be giving out my IP address either. It's <laughs> yeah. all the bad things going out and all the bad things from coming in. But uh, I'm really pleased with them. It's But continuing on the uh, on the software picks there, um, I, I actually have one that I like to use, 
and it's it's called um, display fusion. And people such as myself who use multiple monitors um, sometimes run into the issues of they're not exactly the same. I've got a 19-inch on my right and a 22-inch in the middle. And trying to put the same image onto the same uh, monitors will give you completely distortion or you have to stretch it across and you mm. just don't get the same kind of look. But with the Display Fusion, you can actually take the same image, stick it on both screens at the different resolutions and have it look perfect, or you can tell it to stretch across, and it automatically does that for you. You can also use your Flickr account. It'll go through and, and rotate through your uh, your images up there. Uh, I, find, I find it very handy, especially, and, and if you want two different images, sometimes um, running the dual monitors, you might want a particular background on your main one <coughs> and on, on the side one, a, a whole different image, and it does that and handles that very, very well. Uh, it also, what you can do, there, there's a free version, which is the one I use, but there's also a, a paid version that you can you can download. And you can also have, which is kind of a cool feature, you know you have the taskbar on your main window, but you can also put a taskbar on the second window that's different from your main screen. So you can theoretically have two taskbars. Cool. Yeah, yeah, it is, oh, no, it's pretty cool. neat. Now, where well, would I pick that up if I wanted to? The easiest to. thing to do is, is do a search for Display Fusion, or you can go to BinaryFortress.com, and that's where they'd have it listed at. They do have other, other software on there, but uh, this is the one that I, I particularly like from them. Anybody else have any software that they like? Or I'm a software junkie. <laughs> I got started with Couldn't Quit. Well, maybe we'll have to do a, a podcast on that. I'd, actually, I'd like to do that, a, a podcast on maybe some benchmarking uh, software or um, just other software that we like to use quite a bit. But what we'll do is we're getting a little long in the tooth here on this podcast. Uh, I'd, I'd like to start bringing it towards the end. Uh, I'd really like to thank you guys for, for participating in this one. This is podcast number six, and hopefully it will be podcast number seven coming down the road. Make sure that you go to modersinc.com. You can see everything that we've talked about. Uh, you can email, you know, myself or Tony or Fluffy or Vic if you have any questions about anything we've 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 talked about or products that we might have reviewed. I don't know if um, if if Tony has a uh, Twitter account that he can follow or a, or a MySpace page. He might. Or uh, Facebook. I think you have a Facebook page, don't you, Tony? Yeah, I got a Facebook. Uh, I remember what I got it under. Either in my ties or Tony Day. You can look for you can look for Tony there or Vic. I think Vic has a Twitter account. Twitter and, and Excalibur FX at Twitter and um, same on Facebook. Google man is your friend. Excalibur FX, you'll find me all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> What about you, Fluffy? you have any of those, or are you not a social network person? I don't have any social network stuff going at the moment. Well, good for you, because sometimes it takes up quite a bit of time. Uh, we'll just have to see if we can change that. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow... I said you'll find me there. I didn't say you'll find me talking to anybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> you can follow me at uh, Twitter slash American Freak, or you can look at uh, the Facebook page. Just go to the front page of Modders, Inc., you will see a link to the Facebook page, and you will also find a link to the Modders, Inc. Twitter page, which is Twitter slash Modders, Inc., no dash. You can also grab one of our RS feeds for the podcasts, the articles, the the reviews. So switch on one of those. Also want to touch on, too, we have our Folding at Home team, and that's team number 51364. We'd love to have you join up with us. Uh, just for a small team that we are, we are 
jumping leaps and bounds. So a few more people would, would really help us gain, and it's for a good cause. If you go to the uh, Folding at Home homepage, you'll read all about it. And it just takes a just takes a few minutes to, to set it up. Also, if you want to check out all our other uh, podcasts, you can go to the article section on the on the site. You can click on the podcast section, and you can see all the podcasts that we've done. Last but not least, if you have any questions or any suggestions or anything you talk like to talk about about the podcast, you can send an email to podcast at modersinc.com. And again, guys, I'd like to thank you for participating in this one. Thank you, my My pleasure. Thanks. You bet. Vic, you can send us out with your saying. Modding, ain't it cool?